guys, welcome to the Checkpoint Podcast. Level two. Boo. Level deuce. <laughs> Dropping so, it on him. Deuce. It's like Ace, but twice as cool. Exactly. You're joined here uh, with John and Davin. Um, if you haven't heard of us by now, um, that will hurt our feelings. So, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the world. <laughs> Welcome to the world. <laughs> our wives uh, don't even listen to this podcast. I mean, they should. I mean, moral support is important. <laughs> yeah, tell them that. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, guys, enough of existential crisis. We have bigger things to talk about. Which Real will crisis. end up being an existential crisis. <laughs> but let's get into Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So, there's been a game released. And as you guys know, there's a lot of things around it. People want to know who, what, why this happened. People want answers. And no, we're not talking about cyberpunk. We're talking about Final Fantasy 15. All John. these years later. <laughs> no, we are talking about cyberpunk. cyberpunk. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we are also talking about Final Fantasy 15 and the parallels we can draw in understanding how much of a disaster can occur after a game is rushed out the gate? Yeah. And I think the one the one key difference I'll say between these two stories is I don't believe... I think one explicitly held back information and lied, whereas the other one did not. Yeah, that's just because Japanese people are polite, in my opinion. That's I, true. I, I got to that, too, <laughs> in my research at points where I was like, oh, yeah, they didn't lie, but then... Everything else seemed to parallel so perfectly that yeah. I was like, okay, maybe they didn't lie, but they withheld the truth. I mean, whites. <laughs> but they did a better job, ultimately. I think, to be fair to Final Fantasy XV, a game we both love, there was two workable demos before release. So there wasn't this whole, let's hold everything back, no. including the actual game. There were versions of the game with Episode Dust Guy and uh, the Platinum demo. Yes. That players could at least get a version of the experience prior to release. The same systems that were implemented in the final game were implemented there and then built upon later on. Uh, yeah, extremely. Yeah. So I guess let's get into it. Um, so, so taking it back to Final Fantasy XV, uh, this was first debuted in 2000... 2006. 2006, part of the Fabula Nova, Nova Crystallis. Yeah. That word. <laughs> yeah, the Fabula Nova Crystallis universe that kicked off with Final Fantasy 13, which was also debuted at 2006 E3. So they, they were both debuted then, but it would take Final Fantasy versus 13 then at the time a whole decade until it released as Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. And within that time, there was multiple things that ended up happening. We saw multiple trailers, multiple forms of gameplay that ultimately didn't make it into the final version. Mm -hmm. Even up to, I think, a year prior, where they debuted a whole um, a whole sequence of gameplay. In, um, not yeah, didn't they have a version yeah. of the Leviathan fight that was different mm -hmm. prior to release? I'm pretty sure I remember that. They did. And it featured different mechanics. More, more akin to the mechanics that ended up in the Royal Edition. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the mechanics that the game started with. And what, can you remember that variance? Yeah. Like what so specifically there, it was, since you mentioned Royal Edition? Yeah, so, well, the Royal Edition had the um, the combinations of switching between characters that yeah. you didn't initially get. Yeah. But also, there seemed to have been a, a cover system that was involved in, like, a shootout. Okay. And 
so that the whole cover system and the whole gunplay mechanic was kind of like scrapped from the game and never made it back into the game. So this that. sort of um, like Gears of War. Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. I didn't know that. I, 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 despite being the big Final Fantasy junkie that I am, I, uh, I was out of gaming for a lot of that period that the game was being um, teased because I was going through the end of university where I was focused on that to the beginning of my career where I was focused on that. So I can remember a little bit of this demo uh, or this, this demo footage you're talking about in retrospect, like watching all these mm -hmm. YouTube videos and stuff, but I can't remember seeing it live. And it's interesting that you say it had a cover mechanic that was tossed, because that would have definitely been an addition I would like to see, especially as we get into 16, like, I won't digress, but like having more capable gameplay is always amazing yeah and and to be fair a cover system was introduced in a dlc and which was the prompto dlc yeah what what i'm not remembering this despite 300 hours into the game <laughs> i don't remember there being a, a viable cover system it wasn't the greatest cover system but it was there it was fair it was... <laughs> fair this is probably why i don't remember it whatsoever selective I'll... memory also, people could just be high for most of it. I was high for some of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, leading up to that, we get these variances. We also yeah. get, uh, just like Cyberpunk, this series of delays. Another thing that was interesting, just like Cyberpunk, and we'll go into Cyberpunk later, but uh, a switch of directors halfway through. Yeah, switch of directors. The original director left because he apparently got into a fight with upper management. I hope it was physical. I mean, I always hope so. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like if it was just an email, this isn't a fight. I'm tired of creative differences. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a fight. We need to relabel these things. Yeah, fight just, the fight. Just have the fight. Duke it out. Whoever wins, wins. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, they run CD Projekt Red. That's yeah. and the Dwight's world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trial by combat. You can't say that now. It's too, it's too hot topic. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. People get yeah. all offended. But yes, the switch of directors and the late stage switch as a result mm -hmm. into actually developing the game. Yes. That, that's the incredible thing with both of these games when I look at them is despite how broken they are, and we can talk about the variants, they're still functioning despite this insanely truncated timeline to get it out the gate. Because we're not looking at Final Fantasy fifteen starting in 2006 then all of a sudden coming out in 2016 yep. it's it's starting in what like 2012 and yep. then going out 2015 in and, and the majority yeah. of the predecessor is just namora marinating over story possibilities yeah and not this actual game development so what tabata does um reflecting on 15 specifically here uh was amazing to see that he even got anything especially with two demos out in that truncated of a timeline on the luminous engine yes. on top of that an so, engine i'm hoping will eventually be good with project death yeah yes so that's another aspect of it and, and that's a key thing that people take for granted and I, and I still don't understand why it's done um there has to be a business reason for it about developing a brand new a brand new ip or a new game on new tech. While yeah, the new while, engine thing, yeah. Yeah, while simultaneously building a new engine. Like, we've seen it with uh, Half-Life 2. It extended the development with the Source engine. We've seen it with the Fox engine for Metal Gear. Yep. Uh, Solid 5. 
Um, we're, Best we're, engine. We're seeing it with CD Projekt Red, and we saw it with the Luminous engine for Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, it is crazy to see yeah. that because the difference that I saw at Square that was so meaningful was Nomura just then after failing to utilize that engine, putting his next two projects on Unreal Engine, which yeah. half the time I'm like, everyone just throw it on something like Unreal. Like, let's just get this out. Yeah, and that's what most people do because I, I, get, the, I get the aspect of not wanting to have to pay a fee to someone. And, and control your own tech and not and have your own secret sauce. But yeah. at the end of the day, if, if, if something could get it done and get you out to market quicker, then what's the point, right? And how many of these engines, too, when you mention things like the Fox engine, mm-hmm. uh, is how many projects actually come as a result after this? Like, at least One. Project Athia <laughs> yeah. is going to be at least an addition that could be very meaningful, especially with Sony paying so much for its exclusivity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fox Engine. There's one more game after that, and was that the Metal Gear Survive? I don't. Yeah, it would have to be on that engine as well. Yeah, no. yeah, and I mean, still like the the capabilities of the Fox Engine, uh, I could praise up and yeah. down. But is oh. it worth it to do nothing with it after? It seems to add, like you suggest, so much more stress onto the entire project that you could just alleviate by working with a company that obsesses over engine creation yes and and again uh, that's probably for a future episode about why why people do that or why companies decide to do that and develop at the same time because it never seems to work out for anyone no the overzealous nature it's uh it's always there in creative projects being in the creative field i am very creatively conservative which is not i don't think something most creatives like to be uh i'm very conservative i'm just like if we can do one advancement i'll take this as a win i'm not trying to rewrite everything with this project it's like uh let's change it to blue how about blue you guys like blue yeah that's it that's it we're good yeah it was green now it's blue look at we did something yeah so that all that all plays into it and i think in the process of having having that happen with like something like uh, Cyberpunk and grind that back to fifteen, you you would end up misrepresenting gameplay to fans. I don't know if I can trust you because it's not done. Oh, it's like you don't know how that system's going to work in the final final build. Like there's so many considerations that take place, and and I don't know. And I, and this is something I've been debating in my head for a while. Is like gaming transparency. For the sake of saying, okay, we know everyone likes to keep everything in shroud and secrecy and say, oh, you know, we don't know what we're developing yet. We're holding our cards close to our chest. It's like, that's great. But if you're more transparent with the public, like if they were saying like, you know what, guys, we wanted to release this holiday. And obviously this is an ideal world because I know business doesn't work this way. (laughs) You're forgetting about the investors. Exactly. Exactly. But if there were more like, oh, well, we could release it, but this is the state and this is where we're currently at and this is what we're achieving. This is our bar. People would have been more forgiving. Like the fans wouldn't care. The fans would wait for it, right? They may they may have been upset, but again, we're dealing with investors and corporations, and people who own stocks like myself. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're dealing exactly. You're dealing with powers that tend to be patient, and oftentimes um, there are situations where they're not as impatient. You you need this balance between the two because creatives can ultimately take too long, yes. and you need somebody to push them to complete the project. But you're right, is that we could foster a better environment for this um, because this um, approach seems as vapid and 
um, unnecessarily singular as the way all of contemporary governments work. It's, it's just like, oh, we're going to stick to our guns uh, on a direction that will ultimately end up costing us more. Yes. That we constantly do these things that end up being more expensive than the things we're arguing would be less expensive. So there does need to, like you suggest, be that balance because on the one side, CD Project Red needs to get this out. Yep. Um, they are integral to the economy of their country, yes. for God's sakes. There, there is a lot more at stake than at even the larger companies that are on this side of the pond. Um, that you know, the Ukrainian government's invested into CD Projekt Red. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, it, getting them to drive it out of the door so fast didn't yeah. do anything for them. And the same thing happened with Square for a long time. And I think Nomura kind of solves that with his pivot to Unreal Engine for Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake uh, because we get games that are coming out on a reasonable timeline mm -hmm. and are functional and celebrated by the public. So, yeah, there needs to be a balance and perhaps that's letting go of certain aspects like engine creation in addition to all of these other things. But nevertheless... You, 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 wait, wait, wait. Do you hear that? What, what? what did you say? You said celebrated by the public did you hear that oh no i, I hear angry kingdom hearts fans yeah <laughs> well yeah i, I but I, I hear angry peripheral fans um people that picked that game up and expected it to make sense i think kingdom <laughs> i think kingdom hearts is made up of two groups of people one that play everything mm. and and grasp at straws to explain to the wider public that it does make sense and i and i have these kind of friends um, or people like me who are just like, Nomura games are cool. Yeah. Uh, he's super dope. I have no clue what he's trying to get across, nor do I care because the game's super dope. Uh, I, 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 unlike everyone else that seems to play games, am in for the gameplay first. Yeah. I am not in for the story first. I don't understand this whole, oh, I play games for the story. I'm like, uh, you read a book. Because <laughs> I can't play games to play the gameplay. That's what I want. And speaking of which, that's one of the big problems with Final Fantasy XV at launch, is its mm -hmm. gameplay, despite being, for a long-time Final Fantasy fan like me, more functional than I would expect. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm getting more control than I normally have. I'm getting more capabilities. It's also coming with all of these flustered gameplay elements, some that are never fixed. The spell system is never fixed in that game. Yeah, I get um, that. And I, I felt I, we both have different opinions on it. Like you, you didn't see a point for it at all. You didn't really use it. It only like as literally like the grenades they were. Yeah. I had like the super spells that I had for those like extremely difficult enemies that I would save up and be like, okay, drop the grenade. Yeah. Like, this That's I need it for this. Otherwise, I'd just never use it. Yeah, and considering that was really the only full Final Fantasy I've ever played. I didn't know any better, so it didn't really bother me that much. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I'm a player that ultimately likes to lean on my spells to do all my work. If I can mm -hmm. figure out a system inside of the system that means I never have to use items, I can just function on spells, uh, I'm in a good place. And, and I'm, right now I'm playing Dragon Quest XI, and, mm -hmm. and I can do that for the most part. I don't really have to use any items. I can kind of just lean on my spells to do all the work for me. Because yeah. I feel more in control in that environment. Instead of being like, oh, I have inventory that's depleting. Yeah. 
So I guess taking it back to fifteen, do you do you remember the launch, and how that was taken by the public? To a small degree, because I got my Xbox One this pretty much the same day I got the game. So mm. I was paying enough attention. I'm like, okay, this is coming. Okay, I need an Xbox. And then Tony's like, my friend Tony, who's already been brought up on this, he's like, oh, what do you know? I have an Xbox. You need to play this game. <laughs> so, I mean, I paid for it, but still, it was like, okay, everything fell into my lap. Um, play the game. Uh, All I can remember the is the countdown. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The countdown. Where at, at, was it E3? Where they, had, where they unveiled this, like, countdown meter that was going to mm-hmm. be rolling in. I remember that. That's it, though. To, to let you know it was real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A physical calendar. It's like, this is legit. This maybe, is happening. Maybe Project Red, CD Project Red did that. It would have been all better now. <laughs> they did miss the friggin' clock, man. It's true. That's what, that's what saved it. That's but also, it. also, it was delayed past that, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. With the day one patch on top of that. Um, yeah. what do you remember about it though? Cause you have a, you have a better memory than mine. Um, so what I remember is just looking at the reviews and everything else from that time was, uh, there was a lot, there was a lot of hate for it. They liked, they liked the, it, what, what was innovative about it with the new battle system and everything mm-hmm. else. And then the scale of it and how beautiful the, the setting was that all got praised, but then they they gave it shit for the story. Typical. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. and then they also gave it shit for the fact that it felt kind of empty in some areas because it, cause it was for like, it I'm wasn't not be, fully explorable it, either. Yeah. It you wasn't could, fully explorable and it wasn't, it wasn't finished. Let's put it that no, way. It, yeah. exactly. No, exactly. There, there, it wasn't finished, but there was, I had found along the way through the play that we were playing it. There was more than enough stuff to do while they patched it. Yeah. What, blew my mind was in looking at how many times it was patched i mean i got them all as we went along but there were 20 total patches to the game 20 <laughs> that's crazy what uh cyberpunk's on patch number three now okay so this is a ways to go <laughs> yeah exactly you got a long ways to go like and, and these were substantially larger along the way not mm. all the way to the end did they grow but like in the middle phase is when you started to get a lot of the hefty upgrades. The beginning is obviously just making it more functional. Uh, yes. Then, then they're going into actually um, fixing things that aren't broken, like like we were just talking about, the ability to explore the whole environment, to walk up that arch, for example. That was a yep. patch. Before, yep. it was just like one of those freaking walls that you couldn't get through. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, it's interesting to see how much work needed to be done. There's no question it wasn't finished. It wasn't even fucking close in a lot of ways. No. And that, that I think, unfortunately led to something worse later down the line. And, and we'll get to that. Um, but it was... I remember specifically reading an article where they were seeing success and people adopt Final Fantasy XV more and more as these patches came out. And Square had said, it's like, oh, we're looking to the future of seeing uh, games as a service. And as soon as I mentioned that, people already know what I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> the, the Avengers project. <laughs> yeah, that was... That, that, and that one cheeses me because Crystal Dynamics worked on that. And yeah. they could have been working on another fucking Tomb Raider game. That's what I would have preferred. 
Yeah. Or anything else. <laughs> yeah, or anything. Anything. Yeah. That uh, definitely didn't work out for them. I can't, you know, obviously have any personal experience I can speak to, but it didn't work out for them, at least fiscally. No. No, that did not work out for them. And again, that was probably delayed and launched. I don't see that game getting any better, but yeah, that was launched like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, along the way, Final Fantasy XV did find itself into being a functional game till now when it's on a service like Game Pass. I mean, if you skipped the whole debacle online, because always everyone's just rabble rousing online. If you missed all that and all of a sudden you're like, oh, Final Fantasy 15, I'm going to pick this up on Game Pass. It's a solid game now. Yep. It's very much functional across all the spectrums that it was complained to be dysfunctional. The story yep. makes a lot more sense. The gameplay is a lot more robust. The world is a lot more full. Um, it's, it's solid all around. And I think it, over the long term, it's going to get uh, a lot better reputation than the one it had when it first released. And the game press was like, finally, another thing that we can write 10,000 articles on for the next six to nine months. It's true. Um, and unlike Final Fantasy XV, which a lot of its... Con well, not a lot. I think the later leg of its content got scrapped due to Tabata leaving the company. Mm -hmm. um, there's hope for cyberpunk because that that game's not going anywhere like they've made enough money off that game and they're determined to make that make that right because there's still a, a big user base there and i don't think those people are leaving anytime soon no it sold it did sell more than 15 but let's not forget that 15 out the gate did sell enough for square yes. like it was a solid sales tool for them it, it wasn't their highest selling game ever but again for the type of first player final fantasy like solo story approach it sold considerably well um mm -hmm. they seem to now benefit more off of their mobile games and final fantasy 14 yep. um so 15 was a great addition for them just like kingdom hearts 3 and final fantasy 7 remake have been great additions for them but tabata for some reason leaves during that last leg of the content which Let's also remember that wasn't even supposed to have happened. That was an extension of that survey we all filled out. Yes. And them now wanting to fulfill all of the um, demands of the fans. And they only managed to get through one piece. Yeah. Uh, one of the four pieces that they wanted to get out. Nevertheless, though, it seems that the team he set up was now working on this project at Athia. Yeah. Um, that hopefully will do diligence to all the efforts that were put in place to keep that team driving forward on the Luminous engine. Me fail English? Hopefully. We'll know in 2023. Yes. Is that, yeah. <laughs> Didn't they say 2022? Yeah, yeah then, so uh, then 2023. Then I'll get it on Xbox by like 2026. Yeah. Right but before si retirement. Yes. Yeah, so, side note, they actually updated that end card that everyone saw all the mm. release dates and they took out all the third party releases so like the project Athia that said like January 2022 that's mm. gone now that's gone from that end card now doesn't say anything doesn't no third party releases are mentioned anymore so nothing oh. from Square nothing from there it's like they've now just said oh Ratchet and Clank 2021 Forbidden West 2021 yeah interesting 
Yeah, I mean, we could we could digress on Sony's yep. tactics currently. Um, <laughs> more so because I'd be interested to pick your brain. I haven't been researching enough to see the avenue they're going down, but they are stealing a lot of this uh, Square content that I itch for. Um, I just do it to myself, being both an Xbox and a Square Enix fan. It's like, <laughs> those two aren't in bed together like Sony. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, yeah. So nevertheless, I think we got I think we got some good setting here for how troubled the Final Fantasy 15 launch was, how much work along the way was done. Because in yeah. addition to the patches you already mentioned, Royal Edition yeah. comes along, the most major defining piece of it. Uh, we talked about that extra piece that um, that Tabara and his team try to give the fans, which is episode Arden, mm-hmm. and. And that's really the end of this major update sequence that, if I'm remembering right, is like 15 to 18 months, somewhere around yes. there. Yeah. Um, which is a long period of time. And we're, what, a month down the road with Cyberpunk? Yeah, just over a month. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, long road ahead. And a road all of a sudden in researching for this episode, I'm like, I mean, not saying, not saying I didn't want to play this game ever, but I wanted to play this game like I wanted to play... Metal Gear Solid Five. Before I played it, it's like looks cool. I'll get to it maybe. Yeah. Now I've researched this game. I'm like, okay, I really want to play this game. I kind of can see why people are cheesed. It's not what they were hoping for. In the state that they were hoping for. But yeah, that's perfectly understandable. But I mean, you always have the luxury to wait too. So. Oh, and I'm always here to wait. You know. So here we are. Cyberpunk's out. Things are shitty. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty much. Uh, as so many of these uh, publications are suggesting, if not um, explicitly in the abstract, is that CD Projekt Red has become the, you know, nega corporation, or maybe corporation in and of itself is synonymous with yeah. the sentiment that it's become the thing that its game and its character yeah. is trying to overthrow. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a fitting narrative for you, you, you went they went real deep with this. It's like you yeah. know what we need to do guys? We need to make this a, a real world experience. We need to be <laughs> the corporation. The we need to be the villain. And then the gamer Yeah. Will hate the us. Gamer will hate us, but they'll play and they'll overthrow us. But no, they won't, because no one's that brave. No. no. And no, that's no. how they win. <laughs> True. That's a part. That's a part of cyberpunk. They didn't ever tell you. It's like it's never violent. It's always it'll just give you something to distract you, and then you'll just meander about that. <laughs> it's true, uh, and and you see that. Um, I was recently watching, uh, as as all of us nerds do. Girlfriend reviews released a second. Yeah, the actual uh, review. Cyberpunk. review. Yeah, not, the, not the, the boyfriend rambling. Yeah, not the boyfriend rambling, which I was here for. I still like. Oh it. no, that guy's great. And and one of the things in his rambling I liked was really the point I was getting it by bringing it up is that um, he didn't know what everyone was talking about because he has this like super capable PC. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he had some bumps in the road, but overall those distractions like you discuss were just letting him have a good old time despite whatever minor hiccups he was experiencing. Yeah. And that's kind of like the way they launched it too in the sense of like, oh, you want to review this game? Here's a PC code. Yeah. Oh, I want to play it on this platform. Here's a PC code. <laughs> uh, do you guys have this in the blue? Here's a PC code. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and 
And yeah, I mean, that was interesting. I didn't know that before that they were just giving people that, yeah. that. So that, that was also part of the outrage. And I don't, I don't know how much you saw about that was they didn't give anybody the, the code until like literally the day of. Yeah. When like it, anyone on, on the current gen consoles yeah. that, yeah. Until the day of, because obviously it was fucked. There was no hiding it even from the higher ups. Yeah. And I think, and this seems to be something where if you look at corporate, the corporate world, which I guess we, most people, well, most people are probably going to listen to us are in the corporate world, but this is the, this is the aspect of, we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Most people who listen to us. And I said, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We um, definitely are. Um, this is the aspect of somebody like you're in a group project and somebody's not doing their part and it gets to the end and then you realize like that part's not done and you needed that mm. part to be done. And I feel that's the reality of what happens with COVID-15. Not for COVID-19. Sorry. I made COVID-15. It, I, 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 I was I'm, hoping I could find a way to pivot and apply that, but I'm like, this wasn't Cyberpunk 15. So. No, it wasn't Cyberpunk Final 15. Final Fantasy 15, 15, though. That's, oh. where, that's where my mind was. COVID-15. <laughs> that was the COVID of that year for me. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> kept me inside. Kept me safe. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It did. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what it sound sounded like happened from that Jason Scherer, a Bloomberg report that I read, mm-hmm. um, that they weren't aware that the code was so bad for the Xbox and PS. Well, or maybe they were aware and they were just trying to do their best to fix it. And hopefully they thought it would launch fine. Um, but looking at it, it was like that was a, probably a, a gigantic blind spot that would have normally yeah. been caught in a working environment. Where you probably have like dailies, where you have meetings and everything, and people have to actually have to step forward and say, "Did you do this or did you not do this?" And not hide, not be in a call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true, and I, and there is this complexity to its jankiness on the current consoles that I feel some type of way about, uh, and not the way everyone else is feeling. I'm kind of sitting here thinking again about final fantasy 15 and how the real way to play the game ultimately is the pc port the pc port is the most robust and capable version of the game to the point that you can actually play in noctis's original outfit due to modifications Mm -hmm. on the uh on the pc port and this as i age uh, is something i reflect on all the time is you're making my tombstone maybe i should by this point, since I can afford it, be going to PC because consoles, it seems this generation, the series and the PS5 are going to be capable along the way of a Cyberpunk 2077. You know, yeah. like this generation is going to eventually be able to master this game and make it a memorable experience like the way we're reflecting on Final Fantasy 15. Yes. But really, does it shock me that a game that requires such spectacular specifications on a PC is going to be a shit show on the current gen? No, it doesn't surprise me. And I know anyone who's listening to this that, that that I talk to, they would digress and say, oh, well, they promised it. Sure, but there's also the responsibility of the consumer in that, you know, when I'm getting a product that uh, doesn't come with the same materials, I have to respect the fact that that product isn't going to be worth as much as if it was made with better materials. A hundred percent. But the fact is, is that the one caveat to that is they still wanted that money from those oh, people. Of 
and that's they why they didn't. Finessed them. Yeah, they didn't. They finessed them, and that's what people are mad about. They got they. Got As they scammed. should be. Yeah. As yeah. they should be. And, and, and it, it, the problem is that when you get into macro yeah. theories on this, is that that same thing is ultimately going to benefit the project long term because they got all this funding. Yeah, exactly. It dropped in, and it's like a whole group of people were taking advantage of, but it's going to make the end output better, and it's so mired in the realities of life. And again, it fits perfectly into what the cyberpunk genre is. Yeah, and and there's plenty of games that were only for PC for a long period of time before consoles mm-hmm. caught up, and no, no one had a problem with that. No one was like banging the door because they didn't request money for for your console version <laughs> and debuted yeah. it and said, "Here's how it looks on consoles. Here you guys go." And that you know what this up, reminds yeah. me of? Yeah. It's like that whole meme of, um, you know, someone insert popular culture reference. Um, well, you're out with mom, and mom says we have that popular culture oh, reference yeah. at home. Says, oh, you have GameCube. <laughs> yeah, and it's not GameCube. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a cardboard box that says GameCube on it. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what it ultimately feels like for people that got cyberpunk on the current consoles. Dare I say um, they got cyberpunked. Oh. They did. They did. They definitely got cyberpunked because when I'm looking at, so I'm like, as part of the research, I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, what are the glitches? Because before I go into, well, I'll just say them and then I'll say the, the little <laughs> funny anecdotal story. But you know, there, there's just constant graphical errors mm-hmm. across a, a spectrum of, of possibilities that I'm seeing, and one of those that actually hit one of our PC friends with Juan is uh, I remember one day I was talking to his wife, I was talking to Lena, and she was saying, oh, Juan's playing Cyberpunk 2077. This is like right at the beginning. I'm like, oh, how is it? Because I was so excited to just, that Juan was, because I knew he got a new graphics card for this, everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, he said, and I could hear it in his voice, he had the unfortunate glitch where his character's pants aren't appearing. <laughs> and she has a picture of his computer screen and his dude's on a bike <laughs> Just no pants. His butt is out. And uh, doesn't sound like a glitch to me. No. (laughs) You didn't just create that penis for nothing. Exactly. You didn't work so hard on that dong to not show it off. The game's just trying to help you out. (laughs) That's what the thing I love that um, girlfriend reviews, where the boyfriend was like, I'm going to fulfill my fantasy to live life with a small penis. I also love how he tried to bang everybody. Yeah. Everybody. That was definitely one of, shout out to them, that was definitely yeah. one of the best, and they are always good. The only one I haven't watched is Final Fantasy VII Remake because yeah. I'm just not getting Obvious anything reasons. spoiled. Yeah. Um, but, man, that was so funny. Like, constantly, anyone in that game, I even like how they showed the clip of him trying to hit on the one guy, and the guy's like, whoa, 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 hey. <laughs> and he's like, so we're not going to bang? <laughs> Now I'm going to play the game. I'm like, I have to do that. It's like, yeah, like, shit, I paid for this game. That's the least you can do for me. Yeah, that's the least you can do for me. I had to bang everything in this game. (laughs) Except for sure, obviously, I'm going to be a chick. There's no way I'm being a dude. Waste. What's the point? I'm already living life this way. You're already winning. Yeah, I'm already doing that. I need to to up the difficulty like in South Park. That was the greatest system (laughs) that no one ever talks about. No. And fractured but whole. If you select the character's skin color and make it darker, your resources actually diminish. The, <laughs> the overall fighting stays the same. You just have less resources. <laughs> the darker you get, the less resources you oh have. Oh my gosh! And the nothing. Societal like 
broad strokes they paint with that is just brilliant. As always, South Park is so good. And they literally tell you, like, while you're doing it, it's like, this won't affect, this won't affect combat, just everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, South Park. But, okay, cyberpunk. Yeah. So, um, the, like, People, the other reason we, we've discussed this, but I, this is what brought me into into wanting to play this game is the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a genre that, especially for the millennial generation, you know, the Gen Xers invent it. Yeah. But the millennial generation is reared on it. Yeah. Um, we've been raised in this. We've been saturated by the aesthetic. It's become our life, whether we know it overtly or not. Um, cyberpunk is that projection on a possible future that we speak to constantly because of things like Akira, Ghost in the Shell, The Matrix, probably more than anything else for yeah. this generation. Demolition Man. Demolition Man, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 being a, a, you know, a good refresh on what that could mean for us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, cyberpunk speaks to all those things. And it, it's funny when I was doing the research... I also remembered, I didn't realize this until this point, that I had played the original cyberpunk um, tabletop game. You had? Okay. I did. And uh, I had one experience with it. I grew up for, let's see, it would have been two, three, five years I played D&D when I was a kid. Like, like Stranger Things age. I, um, so that, that show also, ladies, get your I numbers love. ready. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm already married. It's just too sexy. Too sexy right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I was a kid, I, that's like, I relate to, to that in, uh, stranger things because I played for so long and near the end of that, actually the very tail end, um, cause I was going through this memory a lot. Um, the very last year I was playing D and D we were starting to bring in new players. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to become divisive because people wouldn't relate to certain people in the party. And one of these guys they brought in played a lot of other tabletop games. And one time he had brought forward Cyberpunk as an option and we played. And it just hit me like a freight train when I was doing research. I'm like, oh shit, I remember playing this game. I remember all of these weird classes and the variance in the type of gameplay versus AD&D 2nd Edition that I was playing at that time. Mm-hmm. And there was... There was an an essence of it that intrigued me. I mean, I didn't like the kids, so a part of me was just like, "Fuck this game." <laughs> um, but it was it was intriguing because there were all of these things about you know hackers and body implants, mm-hmm. um, all these things that I had already become somewhat familiar with it, uh, in the abstract because of anime. Yeah. But over time, as I grew up, got interested in. So it was cool to see you know this thing that Mike Pondsmith created. Um, he's an interesting dude. I watched a lot of interviews with him. He's, he's got a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I just find the way he expresses it to be monotone Uh, and it's struggle. It's uninteresting. As a result, I struggle. It becomes uninteresting (laughs) even though the information isn't. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any dynamism in his voice. Um, Let me tell you a story. (laughs) So he, yeah, he's like the, the guy they bring in to... Um, coach them through the world building of this Mm. and what better person than not only a person who has you know so much knowledge in this label but also understands game mechanics i think that's a big benefit in the long run for this is he's not just 
like setting this up story-wise. He understands all of these competing rule systems that you have to consider to build this. So 2077 is... Side note for that is I didn't realize that even up to this day, developers still use tabletop development to help develop their game. So they'll test something out in tabletop environment before actually building it out in full dev mode as a proof of concept. And, and, And that's... That's interesting, actually. I wouldn't mind exploring that more in the future because it, that makes sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at the mathematical possibilities and outcomes for this. And tabletop on top of that, which, which, which should lean to Cyberpunk being a great game, is something that allows for variable outcomes, which is becoming more and more desirable for the game-playing environment. Like, mm-hmm. since Mass Effect, all these other games come out with that, is like, can I have different outcomes according to different inputs mm-hmm. um so it's cool that and and again it's another thing that leans into this being positive but where this whole digression started that hype when it doesn't deliver hurts yeah. it, it hits you in the gut because you've got everything vested in this and on top of that they we had brought up well i had brought up matrix they also bring in this character actor mm-hmm. who's you know, synonymous with the genre. Not only did he have the Matrix, he also has, for aesthetic purposes, being so important, Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. Um, which is, you know, I still think it's an excellent movie, unless you're going to look at it for the story, because it's the it, the end is iced tea and a dolphin. Man. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> that makes sense to me. I don't know what y'all can be on, but <laughs> it's like, how are we going to beat all this? Ice T is going to get this dolphin right here to help help Keanu Reeves. <laughs> beat the corporation it's over 90s were a wild time man <laughs> they were and cyberpunk's a wild genre and it but it has i think it has so many interesting um projections mm-hmm. in, in the way it sees the world and uh that brings all of this anticipation into this even to the point yeah and i think i think even to that note i would say due to due to covid19 that was also there was a lot of weight placed on this game, um, because it needed to help a lot of people out of their ruts. It did because sure. also a bunch of other stuff got moved. A bunch. The yeah. game, the gaming landscape's been definitely dry. As I, I'm surprised we even got our consoles. Like to be honest. Oh, so am I. Still, yeah. the logistical nightmare that that is, I don't even want to know. Yeah. So that coming out when you have something that would have probably overshadowed it, like a Halo. Or something like that coming out beforehand probably ease the blow. Or to saturate the market yeah. with other options for exactly. sure. Like that was some people's like, oh, this is my this is gonna be my Christmas game kind of thing. And it wasn't for It was probably millions of people to yeah, exactly. be, you know. Like we have Nav is a great example. Mm-hmm. That dude had been wanting to play this since announcement. Like all the time, every time new out news would come out, he would message us about it. And I would tease him. I'm like, it's not coming out. It's never coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, then it came out. And it's been... Have you talked to him at all about it? I haven't. No, no. But so I love I love the narrative that some people still run with. Like, it's still not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, I'm, that's how yeah. I convince myself. Yeah. Um, shout out to Spawnwave. He's like, well, it turns like Cyberpunk is delayed again. And then when they, <laughs> when they released that roadmap recently, and they're like, um, end of 2021 is when the Series X and PS5 patches come. Okay. And he's like, it's not out yet. <laughs> it's coming. That's when it comes out. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. And that, and that's where part of me is just like, oh man, please Xbox, when they like patch this, just game pass it at the same time. Yeah. 
feel like that could be a huge move for you. Plus, it would save me having to buy this game and wait any longer. It's more of a selfish reason, really. I mean, yeah. Uh, but you yeah. always got to look up for number one in a yeah, dystopian society. <laughs> exactly. There's only one player in this game, and it's me. <laughs> me. <laughs> and I need to win. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, let's let's look at, you know, some of the, the things that seem to um, make this even worse was... I mean, I guess we already discussed it, but it was the way in which they communicated the the faults to the public as well as took ownership of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like... It's like they released a half-assed apology, and I, and I don't think the apology is... People didn't want them to apologize for those things. It's like, no one was mad about, oh, you needed more time, et cetera. It's like, you literally held back copies. You, you made it seem like that was a normal thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or that it wouldn't be noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just going to ship this game to an install base of millions of people. <laughs> totally going to go under the radar. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. And it, man, now that you mention it, though, like I'm reflecting now on that exact reality, like you said, of like this dry desert that is gaming right now. I mean, launching two consoles were basically the key game across both and only available on one was a Demon Souls fucking remaster, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like uh, the nichest goddamn game possible. Yeah. So the the landscape is dry. Um, it's you know everyone's exhausted. Final Fantasy VII, Animal Crossing, um, Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. uh, Last of Us Two. These are way earlier. It's hitting this period. And, and sorry, just interject there. It's like they're going through these games at a way faster rate because of the pandemic. It's true. It's like, yeah, it's true. whereas something like Ghost of Tsushima might last like six months to a year, it's now lasting like a week or however long. People, how, how many times, how much time somebody wants to dump into it, given a week, they can. <laughs> well, and that's the truth, because even people that are busier, like, you know, people that are, are, have more responsibilities from kids to work to whatever, mm-hmm. I having a, you know, sitting inside of that spectrum, being busier than I would have been if I was younger, mm-hmm. um, I still was gaming yeah. way more, way more. Because there was just more, there, I'm not, I haven't seen anyone other than my wife yeah. in weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, there's like just a default to game. And yeah, people are just going to grind through those games quicker. <laughs> I'm getting he, ready he, for He this. said happily. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, yeah, you, like I was surprised at the level, the amount of games that you got through. Because I know you take forever with some games, and some games. You and just I don't still took it. my yeah. time. I took my time with yeah. games like Near Automata. Uh, I put at least sixty plus hours into that. Yeah. And I still beat I don't know ten games plus. Yeah. In and that, that year. That would have never happened. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. No, and so I think it's a great point, and it's one of the the things I like to get out of these discussions is you know, trying to assume some sort of context beyond the typical outrage that we're experiencing when we're listening to other podcasts, watching other videos, etc. Everyone is just echoing the outrage, but how did the outrage become so loud if there wasn't this sort of perfect storm, um, storm yeah. yeah, for this? And, it, and, it, and, and the pandemic in both its production issues to its... Um, Awaited audience issues creates for this just greater unrest as a result. Yeah, which is crazy. And and to even someone who is 
I guess, not as a hardcore gamer. We both know a friend of ours. He's already beat Cyberpunk. He's on his second playthrough or third playthrough by now. Who? All right, guys. We're here with a special guest, Corey Arantes, from the Adult Situations Podcast. That's me. Thank you yeah. for the intro. That's him. That's him right there. <laughs> so we thought that's Corey right here. That's me. Yeah. Easy listening. Nice. Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd bring somebody in who actually played Cyberpunk, as opposed to me and John, who just theorized about playing Cyberpunk. But yeah. <laughs> it's just as good in the internet era. It's equal. It's equal. Same, same, but different. But still same. But still same. <laughs> I mean, if you see all the memes, you pretty much would know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, there, and, and it's just gained, we, we talked a lot about the fervor of it, um, which obviously shows for any social issue or popular issue that, you know, once the internet gets a hold of it, it's just going to be like, explosion of, of hyperbole yeah. about how horrible it is. Worst but, game yeah. ever, ruined my life, it took my firstborn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that might have been what made me not hate the game as much as I've seen online as well. Like, I, I gave it a lot more leniency because I thought I was going to go into it and it was going to be just horrible from start to finish yeah. and I was going to walk away from the from the console. But it wasn't too bad few glitches, a few times I had to, I got pissed once I had to redo a mission because my guy just mm. got stuck on the fucking wall and mm. I was ready to fuck shit up. I was in the zone and then the I just worst. got stuck and I couldn't die because the guys wouldn't come around the corner. So I had to throw grenades until I killed myself. A little frustrating, but that only happened once. And then the other glitches were like not impactful. Like the girl's mouth wouldn't be talking or moving yeah. or something when she's talking, small shit like that. But all in all, like I found it, to be a good game relative to the issues that it has as well. But it's, it's overall good. I found it too short. I also played it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like destroyed. What do you mean you played it the wrong way? I yeah. went through the, and I do this a lot and I don't know what, I just get like fixated on the main story. So mm-hmm. I finished the main story completely and then I went back and now I'm doing all the side missions. Mm-hmm. So like I made it a thousand times harder on myself because you can mod the dude. Like I have like gorilla hands now. They're called gorilla hands, so I just destroy anyone in a fight, like one punch people walking down the street. Um, whereas, nice. if had I had that power before, I would have ended the game. Fucking you used just to have throwing to fi- punches. Yeah, yeah, you used to have to five punch people walking yeah. down the street. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just one punch. <laughs> that now dude's dead. <laughs> just lightly graze him. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> He's That's still punching though. people in the streets. Either way. Either yeah. either or, it's punches. Punches are being thrown. It's just. <laughs> The weight of them, the change. I, I get that feeling, though. I uh, I recently felt I was getting to that point when I was playing Jedi Fallen Order, where I'm like, I'm way too focused on the story. I am obviously struggling in these battles more than I should because yeah. I'm not but getting like, anything. You do weird shit, though, in some games, man. Like, for Jedi Fallen Order, you didn't get the stems, you didn't go exploring. And then oh. for Kingdom Hearts, you set it up where you didn't gain any experience. Yeah. You're just like, you're like oh, punishing right. yourself. <laughs> Those are two good examples of, like, rushing things without investigating where opposite examples are like when i played metal gear solid five i took a lot of time to just make sure it was it my team was built well final fantasy 15 we talked about last time i spent too much time in that i never even gained the semblance of a challenge from the final boss because i was so op'd it was just it it ruined the end because i was like oh this is it like (laughs) he's not that tough Uh, this is what you guys are complaining about (laughs) so so yeah i mean i get but what i really hear in all this is like you you're enjoying the game i mean despite everything it's engaging you yeah for sure i I have fun playing i I was playing it yesterday i just hop on now and we'll throw down a, a few side missions 
Um, but it's good because all the side missions too. Some, sometimes I find in, in these like free roam style games, like whether it be GTA or Red Dead Redemption, like when you do the side missions, they can become very repetitive. It's like, okay, now I'm just doing the same thing, but with like in a different area of the map. Whereas this one, like a lot of the, the side missions and, and, and there's like little hidden missions and stuff like that that you find are like very different. Yeah. Yeah, Good side missions are awesome. I mean, yeah, if yeah. if I have a game I love and it has great side missions, which Metal Gear Solid Five is a perfect example, uh, great because now I have more time in game. I don't need the story yeah. to keep me here. I have yeah, all yeah. these tasks to keep me here. Back to back to something you said where you're like where you called us nerds. Nerd. And you said you're a regular <laughs> dude. But so for Cyberpunk, right? Um, yes. You weren't anticipating anything, right? Like, you weren't, like, looking at any feeds or anything. You didn't have really any investment in it. You were just like, it's coming out, and I'm going to cop it. So I've, I've, I've heard news about it for so long just pop up, like, this is going to be the game. This game's going to be fucking blow your mind. It's going to blow every game out the water, yada, yada. Like, so the, so the hype train that built up before, I got instances of it here and there. So I was excited for it. But um, then I saw the memes come out. When it came out, I was like, okay it's a flop it's like whatever not that worried about like not that that into it whatever so but i'll get it and try it out and then i got it and i was surprised so i feel like it was like a roller coaster of like emotions for me overall in terms of like my how the game was going to be um but in the end i liked it overall i have fun playing it i'm gonna probably play it after we get off of this nice yeah so i think that's the other thing too is because you didn't have any amped up expectations you were allowed to enjoy what they gave you at that point exactly yeah yeah which is something we ha- we had this i had the same thing with final fantasy uh 15 which was oh um i didn't have any expectations for it i mean there was videos and everything that we talked about but realistically it was really my first final fantasy and i played it and i was like yeah i thoroughly enjoyed this and then the upgrades came out afterwards and i was like oh this is actually much better <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the hype hurts we noticed that we also talk about um how the pandemic hurts it because people are more prone to complain in this environment than they've ever been before. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Like anything right now, people are like ultra sensitive because it's like I need one more thing to annoy me. or Yeah, we have no outlets right now, right? Yeah. Like we're not allowed, especially people in environments like ours, our, our out, only available outlet is the people that live in the same residence as us. And you don't want to take that out on them. So you go to the internet. I mean, it's and you it's happening. That's shit. a dark side of what's happening right now. But yeah, <laughs> it's you don't. It's, exactly. Like if you, but exactly like yeah. and that is those yeah. negatives are increasing. So the only like responsible way people are finding, but it creates this larger vitriol yeah. is to go online and bitch about things because I don't think in talking to you about this game that they would have publicly apologized to this extent if it wasn't for the pandemic because the pandemic's leading people to bitch to a greater extent because also gaming this year was void of a lot of releases. If you're looking for new releases, especially on new gen tech, it was very low. Yeah. So yeah, I I think, I think um, the vitriol just expectantly has got out of control um, because I mean, you're talking about beating it again. Like that's the sign of a game that reminds me of Final Fantasy 15, where it's like, yeah, it's broken, but like, come on, it's like broken. Yeah, it's yeah. like well, they can patch this shit. Yeah, still, yeah. still fixable, still playable, still have a good time. 
So it's like, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I go back? I'm, and I'm like interested. I want to, I see all the nuances in the story and how things could be different. So I'm like, now nah, I want to see it from this dude's perspective and go back through the, the, the same things, but with more knowledge now, I think it'll be a probably even better experience. Corey in there picking his pronouns. Yeah. There... <laughs> um, okay. I guess that's another thing too. Has there been a game in your recent memory where it was hype that you've been looking forward to that actually met the hype in your opinion? Last of Us? Two or one? The first one. Okay. Okay. Nice. I would say for me, it was probably Red Dead Redemption. Ooh, actually that, yeah, that one too. That's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, I remember that being hyped and then coming out and I was like, oh, there's way more shit in this than I thought possible. Almost too much shit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've seen, I've only watched people play the game, um, but... It was great to see what other people saw in it. Um, I'd say for me, it's most recently Nier Automata. Everyone hyped the shit out of that game. <laughs> that I thought, like, there's no way. This yeah. game is that good. It's not one of the best JRPGs. It's probably just good. And then I beat it. What was it in the end? Seven times you have to beat it or whatever it is. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that's like one of the craziest most original experience i've ever had in gaming in my life it made you feel things yeah it did it made me (laughs) think about things it made me question things because it's so in that similar thread to cyberpunk where it's looking at contemporary directions in technology and then questioning the philosophical you know questions that surround it the existential crisis elements of it all um and it did it in ways that weren't pretentious. That's what I liked. Like it didn't right. feel like it was like, you know, all into itself. It felt like it was asking those questions because it wasn't trying to answer them. It was just trying to give you a situation that made you actually reflect on it. Um, so presenting you with the problem in a way that you could consider it. Yeah, it was actually interesting seeing you go through it because I remember your initial. Oh, so your initial. Times, first... I wanted to quit that game. Yeah, you wanted to quit, and then the first time you were going through, you're like, yeah, I guess I'm almost done. I'm like, you're not done. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do this loop, like, six more times. Yeah. (laughs) And it's crazy, because, yeah, yeah, like, especially when you got to go redo the game the whole time, starting, like, I, you got to play three different characters' perspectives in this mix. And it took me so long to leave 2B. Like, when I was 2B, I was like, yeah, this is my kind of game. Like, yeah, she's G. Like, we're wrecking shit. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. And then when you go to, um, what's his name that replaces her before A2? Oh, fuck. I forget his name. E something. I don't know. (laughs) And when you play as him, I hated. The first time I debuted as him was my most hated. But then, once I figured out how to hack... Then I was like, well, fuck anybody else. This guy's got, like, the best ability of anybody. It just, it, it's a get good ability. Like, they don't make it easy for you to learn how to do it. It's, like, very challenging. <laughs> that that <laughs> one, when you go up all those levels, Davin, you know what I'm talking about? When you got to yep. go up and, that was, like, them telling you, you get better good. learn how to do this very well or you yep. will never beat this game. It's not about just getting through it by the skin of your teeth. You're going to have to learn how to be very good at this. You got, you got to master some techniques. Yeah. Uh, given that, I guess a couple more things on Cyberpunk from Corey is what what was like your favorite part of it? Like from a gameplay perspective. Gameplay. That's what I want to know. Gameplay perspective. I think, I don't know. One of the things I was thinking of 
I probably have to sit on that for a bit to think about it, but yeah, sure. one thing that pops into my head that I enjoyed about the game is the the weapons and the okay. variant weapons that you can use. So like I I there's I don't even know how many weapons. Like I can't keep track of how many they are. But then every time you start to get comfortable with one, you find something that's like so much cooler that just like changes the game for you. So like I did this one side mission uh and in the map, you can see little question marks, right? So you have like your main missions, which are like exclamation marks, and then you have question marks, which are just like, go here, see what's up. Maybe something will happen. Maybe not. Who knows? Check it out. See so, if you can get banged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or bang someone, yeah. Bang their face, whatever. But so I, I remember I found this gun in one of these question marks thing, and it's like Skippy. So it's like this AI gun, and it has this little like, you're holding the gun in this little uh graphic comes up with this bullet dude his name's skippy and he like talks to you about like the different modes you could set the the gun in and you could choose this one mode and the bullets will automatically fire to anyone's head that you point the gun at and then you choose to another mode which is like he calls it like i don't know it's essentially like super pussy vagina mode whatever and he's like and that just shoots people in their lower extremities and you know they're fine and you could keep moving up (laughs) So I was like, this is fucking hilarious. I got that gun. And then every mission, I, obviously, I chose the one that just shoots people in the head. And then, you know, the next missions that I did, I literally just ran into a room and was like, head, 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 headshot, 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 like the entire room. Just And so, like, little things like that every now and then. And you can mod all the guns. You can mod yourself. So, like, for me, the the, the weapons and the ability to mod yourself, like I was talking earlier about the gorilla hands and, and whatnot, like, that stuff for me just made and, – and, throughout the game just makes it so much better and more interesting. Or like now the the point that I've got my character to, there's different gangs all over the city. Like I just yesterday walked into the middle of the like gangs quarter or like uh whatever their their HQ or whatever and just fought fought fine. everybody. I was just like, you know what? Let's do this Skippy. We're fucking this team up. Like just <laughs> destroyed everyone in the area and took off. But yeah, no, I like that like that's one of my favorite parts about the game is just like discovering the the new capabilities that you could apply to yourself as well as like the different weapons within the game that just change you know your ability to to kind of push through things and uh now I actually got to the point the gun it turned off that super killer mode for me because it said I had killed too many people. So really? now, I, yeah, it like after actually after it's the sixth street gang, I went in there and like destroyed everyone. And then it's like, you've killed 50 people today. Like we're going to turn it down like to the regular pussy. Mode fucking or whatever. Hater right there. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's still cool that like, I've never, I don't know for me personally, I've never been in a game where it has like unique weaponry like that. And just like the, like I said before, the ability to even change yourself as a weapon um, is just awesome to me. I think it's so cool. And it just sounds so indicative of the cyberpunk genre, like having all of these, like you even mentioned the weapon of yourself. That's so cyberpunk. That's a, it's a, integral to being cyberpunk, like Alita battle angel. Like yeah. she is the weapon. So it's cool, like that body augmentation and all that kind of stuff is uh, is a part of the game. I imagine there's probably also like drugs that you can use to enhance your oh, yeah, uh, yeah. abilities because that was in the original cyberpunk tabletop game that you know there would be certain drugs that you could use to enhance your abilities. You've yeah. chosen meth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is super 2077 meth, though. Super yeah. meth. <laughs> super meth. The only the one thing that I was somewhat annoying in mm-hmm. some parts of it is there really should be some skip scenes because there's a few points where like the you're in a story and the main character 
you have to follow her from like point A to point B and you're talking in that time but she walks so slow. Oh. It's literally like you're like doing laps around her, circling her and whatever. Kayla, my girlfriend, got annoyed by that even because I'm like it mid-mission and I'm like, okay, I just got to go downstairs and then, you know, the mission's done. Like five minutes later, I'm like, we're still going down the stairs, babe. <laughs> like, I'm going to log off soon. Don't worry about it. So, I mean, there's some little nuances like that that were annoying, but overall... I, That's yeah. a gaming gripe in general. I yeah. had that in Dragon Quest recently, and I'm like, oh, can you just let me forward the scene? Because I'm not going to do this forever. Yeah. The, the typical NPC gripes is when, like, oh, you have to either take care of somebody on a mission or follow them through a mission. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, you're actually not going to move and get shot all the time. All right, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like everyone else can take cover. The NPC's just out there in the middle of the street. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one person you're supposed to protect from point yeah. A to point B, and they're just like, no, I'm just going to go stand in the middle of the gunfire. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you shot me! But, like, as far as the, the dialogue choices within those scenes, I thought it, it would be like, oh, there would be something you'd have to see. Or have to hear that so you can make a choice. And then does that I guess you're playing through it on the second go around now, but did you notice anything? Like so do you make different choices? Or that is also something that could and I'm hoping will be improved on is sometimes yeah, like yeah, they'll give you a list of say four or five responses and then beside each one, sometimes they'll even show you like this is gonna improve on your like nomad, you know, personality or your technical ability if you ask this. But I found like you literally ask one and then it goes back to the same menu. You ask the next one, you ask the next one, you oh. ask the next one. So there's, it always seemed like there was one that moved the story forward. And the rest and were just there. The to other ones were there to gain more information to help on your skill set. But it still felt like the storyline kind of continued either way, which is why I'm hoping to go back as the, like I said, the street kid or the corporal dude, definitely not the corporal dude. That's not my style, yeah. but so the street kid, <laughs> um, <laughs> to go back as a street kid and, and start to see if there are subtle differences in, in how that main story changes. Um, but yeah, I think you should go do the corporal dude just to hate play it. That dude. I already don't <laughs> <like> him. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was, I think one of the gripes was, um, in one of the demos they showed was if you didn't hear some certain information, then you wouldn't be able to play through certain sequences. So if you only said, like, you would pick the option to progress the the narrative and you went through the mission, there would be something you could have picked up and known about beforehand, which oh, you yeah. couldn't execute later on. I, so yeah, maybe you I just, definitely see that. Maybe you yeah. just got all the information you needed and just did everything. I, there was like actually a couple points where I thought about that because one of the glitches I had, I remember on this one mission, is it, it usually will tell you your, like, uh, path to get to the next point. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it glitched, and it didn't give me that path, and I had to go, like, halfway across the city. But I had listened to what they were saying, so I was like, okay, I know what I have to do, and I just figured it out on my own. Whereas, like, if had someone been only half paying attention to it, they would have been just fucking standing around with that glitch doing nothing, right? Interesting. All right. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So I guess Corey gives it a two thumbs up or a two thumbs and a half. To, to, uh, how many thumbs are we throwing out? I don't even know. No, we're the half <laughs> <laughs> just just got to keep throwing thumbs out. <laughs> it was perfect or perfect plus. Like, exactly. <laughs> you can. Well, we got A and A plus in regular school. <laughs> I, would, I would give it out of two thumbs. I'd probably give it a thumb and a half. Okay. And the half, like, I definitely, with the potential that I see in the game, would, would definitely give it two in a year, I'm sure. Once you guys get to playing it, it's probably be, be there. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna stick around for that long and play it again? Like come next year when they're. I think so for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think for sure. 
I'm like, I mean, I still have Dragon Ball Kakarot. I'm waiting for the ne- the next wave of DLCs to come out on that. Um, so if I'm invested enough in a game, which for Cyberpunk I am, Kakarot I am as well, I'll wait for it for sure. I'll wait for changes and updates, and I'll go back and play it again. Nice. All right. Cool. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, and I think uh, CD Projekt Red was telling us that we shouldn't buy this game immediately. <laughs> and <laughs> and so listen to us and let us know that it'll be done at the end of 2021. <laughs> that would be amazing because yeah. I'll tell you what, with all of this uh, time we spent not only talking about it but researching for this, I, I'm the opposite. I'm not outraged like everyone else because I haven't dropped my 60 American dollars, which mm-hmm. is like 40,000 Canadian rupees. I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to playing it at some juncture because I can see now that they're being forced to correct this, yeah. that it should be a great experience in the long run. I mean, yeah, I look forward to actually when the game, as everyone says, when it actually launches. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll be here to give our full review and uh, call everyone a bunch of babies for complaining about it. Yeah, get over it already. Get over it. <laughs> You're still playing on a regular Xbox, you poor people. Oh, <laughs> Who are you people? Disgusting. Did you get on Walmart early enough? <laughs> nice. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Checkpoint Podcast Level 2. I've been Davin, and this has been... John. 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 <laughs> 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 thanks for listening, guys. See you guys next time. Later. Right, peace.